Hi, this is Professor of Photography Jeff Curto, and welcome to episode number 10 of the History of Photography podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the history of one of the world's most popular cameras, the Kodak Brownie. Longtime listeners to the History of Photography podcast will note that there have been a lot of times in the history of the medium where creative vision changed photography's path. And throughout history, we've also seen a lot of places where advances in technology were the prime impetus for photography changing course. And in the case of the Kodak Brownie camera, we can see a combination of vision and technology coming together to solve the problem of a desire for inexpensive, fast images that could be made on a personal level for photographers who had no desire for commercial compensation. Now we can look at an awful lot of early photography and look at photographers who were interested in figuring out ways to be commercially compensated for their work, uh, but we can also see a tremendous desire in the history of the medium for people to make personal photographs. And the Kodak Brownie is a perfect place for us to look at those, those things. So, uh, backing up just a little bit, uh, in 1888, uh, the entrepreneur George Eastman uh, brought the Kodak camera to market. And by that time, 1888, photography had been absorbed into most of the world's cultures, and Eastman's camera put the uh, photograph, put photography, the medium of photography, into the hands of the masses. Even at $25, loaded with 100 exposures of flexible film, another Eastman invention, Eastman's camera was a tremendous hit. Eastman invented the word Kodak as a distinctive name for his camera. He needed something that was strong and short and distinctive, and a word that was really incapable of being mispronounced, and apparently the letter K was also a favorite of uh, Eastman's, uh, so he came up with the word Kodak, a word that he said was incapable of being mispronounced and easy to spell. Uh, and sort of answered all the uh, requirements of a, of a trademark or a, a name for something. His motto for his product, the uh, Kodak camera, was you press the button, we do the rest. And that let people know that the technology of photography wasn't going to be their concern. Eastman's company would handle the processing of the flexible film and would allow uh, anyone who wanted to make photographs to do that. After a series of cameras that were similar to the original Kodak, and a few that were a, a little bit more sophisticated, Eastman set his sights on the vast mass marketplace. Something that he th sort of thought he was going to address was with his original Kodak, but he needed something that was cheaper and even simpler. And what he came up with was the Brownie. The Brownie popularized low-cost photography, as well as introducing the concept of the snapshot to the medium of photography. The first Brownie, introduced in 1900, was a very basic cardboard box camera with a very simple lens that took a two and a quarter inch square picture on flexible film, six pictures on a roll. With its simple controls and its initial price of $1, it was intended to be a camera that anyone could afford and anyone could use. Also interesting was that the original Brownie camera was marketed very, very clearly to women and to children, 
men having been involved in photography from the very beginning of the medium, but Eastman recognized that there was a huge and untapped marketplace of women and children, and uh, that was part of his early marketing campaign. We can see here uh, in this uh, slide uh, a photograph of a woman holding a brownie camera in one of the original ads uh, for the camera, as well as at the bottom of that ad, the Brownie Camera Club of America, uh, which was a camera club that was uh, designed for uh, children. Uh, every boy and girl under 16 years of age should join the Brownie Camera Club of America, says the ad. 50 Kodaks, valued at over $500, will be given to members of the club as prizes for the best pictures. So there was a marketing aspect to this that was very sophisticated and uh, very much targeted to women and to children photographers. So where did the Brownie name come from? The Brownie camera was named after popular characters created by an illustrator and children's book author named Palmer Cox. We see a picture of Palmer Cox here, and as, as well as uh, some of his Brownie uh, characters. The characters, who were all called Brownies and had various and sundry different uh, kind of cartoon-like names, uh, were well known in the 1880s and were used to sell a lot of things, uh, from ice cream to cigars. In a lot of ways, they were like uh, our contemporary Disney characters or even uh, the Minion characters. Uh, they were something that were perceived as being adorable and cute by the public, and uh, Eastman hooked up with uh, Palmer Cox uh, to allow the Brownie characters to be used to not only name his camera, but also to help market his camera. So the Brownies uh, not only uh, were the, the name of the camera, the Brownie, uh, but they also appeared on all of the marketing materials or many of the marketing materials. Here we even see uh, one of the Brownies uh, being uh, used in a, uh, an ad for a, a French ad, uh, Le Brownie Kodak. Uh, so, and then also uh, a, a, another ad here, uh, the Brownie camera, it works like a Kodak, another great tagline, it works like a Kodak, you know, that's sort of simple. But also notice the very large load in daylight. Uh, this was uh, something that was also uh, remarkable for these cameras, that they could be loaded in daylight. Uh, and that came along with the Brownie number two, which we'll talk about here in just a second. So the cheap-to-produce Brownie camera was manufactured in huge quantities. The first year of production, 150,000 cameras were shipped, which was about three times the number of the original Kodak camera. In the first five years of production, over one million cameras were manufactured and sold. And their uh, Kodak, uh, in their uh, historical literature, has no record of how many Brownie models were ever sold in the uh, in the many many years that they were made. Uh, but uh, millions and millions and millions of these cameras were sold. And uh, the aggressive production strategy was, again, matched by an equally aggressive marketing plan. Ads for the camera appeared in popular magazines and newspapers rather than the kind of trade publications uh, that photographic ads had appeared in before. And many of the ads, again, were specifically targeted at children who were encouraged to join that Brownie Camera Club uh, so that they could win prizes. So we had ads like Let the Children Kodak, but we also have ads that appeal to the average citizen. Uh, they all remembered the Kodak. So these ad campaigns uh, were very specifically targeted 
to uh, particular audiences. You'll also notice a tagline at the top of the right-hand ad here, if it isn't an Eastman, it isn't a Kodak. Uh, let the children Kodak. Uh, there's nothing in which a girl or a boy takes greater delight than picture making. Uh, so uh, that whole idea of marketing and marketing using these uh, cartoon-like characters. And it was with the Kodak Model 2, the Brownie Model 2 or Brownie Number 2, uh, that uh, really the, the Brownie tremendously took off. And that's because it could be loaded in daylight by the user rather than in uh, the dark. So suddenly photography takes this technological step forward with Eastman's Kodak Brownie number two, uh, a user-friendly model that outsold the first model rather dramatically. And here we have uh, a user's manual uh, for the Model 2 and Model 2A, as well as a price list. And it talks about uh, the, you know, the Kodak film cartridge number 120 for use with the number two Brownie camera two and a quarter by three and a quarter inch images, six exposures, 25 cents, uh, and a carrying case, a dollar and a quarter, a portrait attachment, 50 cents, etc., etc. And these were all uh, little additional pieces. But also look at the bottom of this price list, uh, a brownie developing box, $1.75, a brownie Kodak film tank, $4, uh, and a duplicating outfit for above tank, uh, $1.75 and developer powders, $0.20. Cents. So in other words, it wasn't just uh, the uh, camera that was being sold, but a whole system that allowed people to become involved in photography at whatever level they chose. So if they wanted to have the pictures developed by someone else, that was possible. But if they wanted to do that work on their own, uh, Kodak made it possible for them to do it as well by Eastman marketing specific materials to develop uh, the photographs that were made with the Brownie camera. Other models of Brownie soon followed the model number two, uh, many of them with more sophisticated controls, including exposure adjustments and bellows focusing, which allowed the camera to be folded for easier, easier carrying. You can also see here on the left-hand side uh, a stereoscopic Brownie camera. There were not many of those made, and they were not terribly popular, uh, but it did uh, show the sort of does show the sort of expansion of the Brownie marketplace. Another thing that's interesting about the brownie is the word snapshot and the concept of the snapshot. Uh, so here, the left-hand ad or the center one in the, in the slide, snapshots keep your happiest times. And on the right, snapshots tell the story best. The term snapshot comes from British hunters, believe it or not. British hunters had originally used the term snapshot to refer to shooting a gun at a target without taking careful aim. During the 1860s, the term began to be used in photography as there were several consumer-oriented cameras that didn't have viewfinders. The birth of the Brownie camera brought, brought photography to massive numbers of people. And while the Brownie camera did have a viewfinder, the term snapshot became popular through the Kodak Brownie and obviously, as you can see, through Kodak's marketing materials as well. Moreover, what happened with that term snapshot was that the term became something that was uh, not to be derided, but rather something that was an object of intense personal value. Uh, 
So you can see these two left-hand pictures of these two young uh, girls uh, using uh, the brownie camera, you know, how to use the target brownies, uh, the cover of Life magazine using the brownie camera. But snapshots keep your happiest times. Family fun together, what a time for pictures. Uh, snapshots tell the story best. Uh, so uh, it's camera time. So the snapshot, something that preserves family memories, preserves personal memories, the use of the Kodak Brownie to be an important part of everyone's personal life was something that was very, very important. So another interesting aspect about the Brownie camera was how it introduced people to photography. And perhaps the most famous person that the Brownie introduced to photography is Ansel Adams, because Ansel Adams' first camera was a Brownie. Uh, and a lot of photographers have had the brownie as their entry point into the medium. And among them was Adams, who detailed that he'd had a brownie with him on his first trip to Yosemite in 1916 when he was 14 years old. So I'd like to share with you a little bit from Adams' autobiography. And uh, here we'll, uh, we'll look at that as we also look at a few pictures from Ansel Adams' photography album from his 1916 trip to Yosemite Valley. But uh, here are just a, a couple of paragraphs from Ansel Adams' autobiography. For those of you who want to see this and you own the, uh, the autobiography, it's on page 53. One morning, shortly after our arrival in Yosemite, my parents presented me with my first camera, a Kodak box brownie. After a few minutes of simple instructions, my camera and I went off to explore. A few days later, with my usual hyperactive enthusiasm, I climbed an old and crumbling stump near our tent to get a picture of Half Dome. I perched on the top of this relic uh, of arboreal grandeur with my camera and was about to snap the shutter when the stump gave way and I plummeted to the ground. On the way down, head first, I inadvertently pushed the shutter. I landed in a cascade of rotten wood on a soft bed of pine needles. Undaunted, I wound the film to the next number visible through the little red window in the camera back and finished the remainder of the film. The role was developed at Pillsbury's Pictures, Inc. at the old Yosemite Village. I remember that it was Mr. Pillsbury himself, commercially successful in photographing Yosemite, who presented me with my developed film. He had not cut it apart as he wanted to inquire how this picture had come to be upside down in reference to all the others on the roll. He asked, did you hold the camera over your head to avoid close foliage? After I explained to him about my accident, he gave me a strange look, and I do not think he ever was certain of my normalcy from then on. The negative is reasonably sharp, and from one of my favorites from this, my first year in photography. How great is that? Ansel Adams describing his first foray into photography with the Kodak Brownie uh, as a young boy uh, in the wilds of Yosemite, which of course became uh, perhaps one of the most important places for Adams in his photographic career. Uh, so uh, the idea of the Brownie being this entry point into photography for so many important photographers uh, and uh, Adams' great experience uh, there that he documented. So the Brownie had about 70 years of production. 
125 different Brownie camera models were produced. There were some minor name changes like the number one Brownie and the number two Brownie and the number three Brownie, and major name changes like the Brownie Target and the Brownie Hawkeye. Uh, and the physical qualities of the camera changed too. There were different colors and different sizes, uh, many that were very simple box cameras, some that had bellows, uh, as I mentioned before, and some that had flash attachments uh, as well, uh, and other kinds of attachments that allowed for diffused images and so forth and so on. It's kind of funny, in today's uh, world, uh, you can even feel like you're using a brownie by adding a case to your iPhone. It's, it's really kind of funny, as I was preparing this podcast, I happened to run into my friend Maggie, and her iPhone uh, has a brownie case, so I snapped a photograph of her with it, and uh, you know, here it is. Uh, I, I've also put in this slide uh, the, the actual face front of a brownie Target 6, uh, which is what um, Maggie's... Uh, uh, <laughs> Maggie's iPhone case is uh, is mimicking. So uh, the brownie uh, continues to influence our photographic world even after its production uh, died out in the 1970s. Uh, photographer and photo educator Stephen Takas has created something called the Brownie in Motion. It's a project that uh, is sort of uh, a combo platter of something that's actually photographic and also an installation, an art installation. Brownie in Motion is a room-sized camera obscura that acts as a traveling immersive art installation, a portable darkroom, and a functioning ultra-large format camera. Physically, the piece is a scale-to-replica of an iconic Kodak Brownie box camera that's been enlarged 17 and a half times, with a footprint of approximately 5 feet by 7 and a half feet by 8 feet. Uh, and uh, uh, I, uh, uh, brownieinmotion.org is where you can find Stephen Takas's project. I'll put that link and uh, so a few other links about Brownie history uh, in the uh, History of Photography uh, website. Uh, so that's photohistory.jeffkurto.com if anybody wants to go take a look. Or you can just take a look at brownieinmotion.org. Uh, so uh, at uh, many of the Society for Photographic Education conference events, uh, Stephen brings his Brownie in Motion project and uh, sets it up somewhere in the, uh, in the conference hotel. And it's always fun to see everyone uh, sort of rally around the Brownie replica. So um, thanks, uh, Stephen, for uh, taking uh, this project and taking it on the road. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Kodak Brownie uh, was uh, the entry point for a lot of photographers into photography, including me. Uh, this is a photograph of me holding a Kodak Brownie uh, when I was a little kid. And that camera was given to me as a hand-me-down gift from my mother, who had used it herself. And that camera, of course, opened uh, the door to photography for me. So uh, how great is that, that we have that uh, that idea of the Kodak Brownie as something that uh, <laughs> that that many of us probably used and and many of us may even still have. So thank you for uh, joining me uh, here at uh, the History of Photography podcast uh, and to talk about the Brownie camera impacting photography in a lot of different ways, allowing average individuals to preserve their memories and introduce, introducing hundreds of thousands of people uh, to the field of photography. 
If you have subscribed to this podcast through iTunes, it would just be so great if you could go to iTunes and leave a review, positive, I hope, uh, right there, because it helps a lot more people find the podcast. Uh, and uh, I also will remind you, especially those of you who are just discovering the History of Photography podcast, that there is a full semester of my uh, previous History of Photography class available in the feed of this podcast and also available at photohistory.jeffcurto.com, uh, where you'll find the entire feed, uh, the entire 15-week History of Photography class uh, in video format. Uh, also, if you haven't given a listen to my other podcast, Camera Position, which looks at the creative aspects of the photograph of photography in general, you might want to check that out. You can find it also on iTunes or at CameraPosition.com. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the History of Photography podcast. Don't forget to check out the History of Photography class sessions available on the web at photohistory.jeffcurto.com or in the podcast feed. And while you're on the web, take a look at my other podcast, cameraposition.com, a podcast about the creative side of photography.